Welcome, everyone. Last week, it's the last night of Squad Goals. This has kind of been a, a well, uh, a weird series. We kicked it off fun, but then, like, we canceled last Wednesday because of a ball game. Um, the Royals won. They, uh, yeah, 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 they lost today, I know. But we're coming back home, right? Yeah. And we're going to win at home. And there, it's going to be, I wish they would have saved some of those points from Tuesday night's game for today's game. Runs, points, I didn't play baseball, whatever. Um, so, runs is what I call diarrhea. So, this is week three, the last and final week of our squad goal series. We kicked it off. We talked about what it takes to be a great friend and, and how you need great friendships in your life that will point you to Jesus. Um, we talked about how, um, how iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens and challenges another friend. And then remember we had like Jordan's knife here and like, yeah, I was waving it around like a madman. And um, I, I didn't stab any or cut myself or anybody else. But and we but we and then compared to a butter knife. But we want sharp friends in our lives because we said that dull dull friends will lead to a dull life. How many of you guys want dull friends? You better not raise your hand. You too. Okay. I was like, I'm sad. TPK. Um, so. So. Anyways. Um, so, and then since we canceled uh, Emerge last week, we had um, our, our next week of, of squad goals uh, took place on Sunday morning. And we, talk, and we talked about our family because you can choose your friendships. You can choose the people that you want to be friends with, but you can't choose. You don't get to choose your family like you do your friends. And your family, whether you like it or not, whether you, you love them or hate them, they're a part of your squad, no matter what, and they're they're always there. But you you don't get to choose um, you don't get to choose how how you get to choose how you respond to your family, how you respond to your squad. And we and we talked about families, and we talked about you being the person that leads the way in peace in your home. Funny thing, um, I was at this pastor's thing. I was in Branson. Um, country Vegas, whatever you want to call it, um, this week, and and uh, living it up. Like, anyways, uh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I was on the phone. I was actually uh, FaceTiming with Jackson last night on the phone, and um, Kristen had just texted me and just talked to me about how he's got a bad attitude and like how he's yelled. Like he's really loud kid, anyways. And he just talks all the time. And Courtney, and like, I don't know. We watch this. Yeah. John Cena, like all this stuff. He's yelling about John. Da, 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 whatever it is. He's yelling. He's a super loud kid. And I don't know. How many of you guys are oldest kids? Any of you guys the oldest? Is it just an older kids thing that you're the loudest? No. Because my brother was like the loudest um, in our family. Um, so anyways... So Jackson, he, he's just loud. He's a loud kid, and, like, he talks loud. He, it's a, try to get him to whisper. Like, he, he can't. It, this is not possible. And so, anyways, Kristen had just called me. Listen, listen. Kristen had just called me, and she's like, Jackson's in a bad mood. Like, he's yelling at Evie. Like, he's just really loud. I need you to call him and talk to him. So I, I called him. I FaceTimed with him, and he was in his bedroom, 
And I was just talking to him really just calmly. It's like, Jackson, I really need you to take care of your mom and your sister and Jet while I'm not there. I need you to, to you know, be kind, be nice to them. I talked to him about how we should treat each other, be kind to each other. And he was like, okay, yeah, Dad, I'll be, I'll be nice. I'm sorry. I'll tell Evie I'm sorry, and I'll apologize to Mom. And, like, we had this whole, like, chill, calm conversation. So I'm still, right, I finished that conversation, and we're talking about school. And, all the, and like, Evie can hear from the other room that I'm talking with Jackson because it's FaceTime. I'm on the speakerphone. And she just steps inside of his room. And she says, are you talking to dad? And Jackson turns and goes, get out of my room. And like, and I'm like, Jack, what did we just talk about? Um, and so that big old long story, just to say, you guys, you control, you can control the peace in your home. Like the peace, the, the, the peace, I don't know another word, but peace. In your room, the, the, the loving each other. I heard something. The atmosphere, yeah. You can, you can control the atmosphere in your home about your attitude, about how you talk, about how you treat others in your home. And I know, I get it. It's not easy. I grew up with siblings, and it's not easy to be kind all the time. But you have the opportunity to control. The, you can bring, choose if you, whether or not you can bring peace to your home uh, or not. So, um, like I said earlier, there's some really cool stuff happening here at, here at Emerge and here at Crown Point. Um, our, our church's fall festival is next weekend. I really need you guys to sign up. Really want you guys to be involved um, because saved people serve people. And we want to we take opportunities to serve. And then if you guys serve, we'll have bonfire for you guys afterwards. And we'll have? Yeah. Yes. We'll have the s'mores, and it'll be good. So, um, I want to tell you guys, youth convention's coming up. It's going to be in St. Louis this year. It's going to be super kick awesome, and you guys need to go. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, um, um, I'm getting you guys out of school on that Friday. We're going to go to the City Museum in St. Louis, San Louis, and it's going to be so such a good weekend. You guys will want to go sign up. There's sign-ups out on the red round table out here. I want you all to go. Um, so please sign up. Please go. We'll be staying in a hotel, and, like, it'll be a good good weekend. Um, so not too long ago, not too long ago, uh, Jackson, before we even moved here, which you guys, did you guys know this? November 1st, we will have been youth pastors here for five years. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. So, anyways, when we lived in Joplin, um, when, before we moved here, Jackson was just a wee little man, and, and he played soccer. And we got him into soccer, and he had the little shoes, and we found, like, his little jersey the other day. I put it on, it came up to, like, here. And, no, I'm just kidding, I couldn't squeeze into it. But um, we have found his little jersey the other day, and, and he played soccer. And the funny thing about Jackson playing soccer is that he was terrible. Like, he, he, he was really bad. Like, here's the deal. I did not at all ever grow up playing soccer. I don't understand soccer. I've been to one Sporting KC game, and it was a lot of fun to go watch. I don't know what was happening, but I yelled and stuff. But it was, I was like, go sports. So, 
it was really good. And, and I didn't grow, I didn't understand no school I ever went to, even offered soccer. We all like played football or basketball or baseball. I grew up in Oklahoma, so we all wrestled. So, and, and um, so, yeah. And so, um, I didn't, so I had no idea like what to teach Jackson. Cause like, I want to be the dad, like who helps my kid out, like who really works with him to be better at whatever it is he chooses to play. I didn't know. I didn't even, I was YouTube and stuff like, okay, you can dribble the ball and like trying to figure things out. And, and so, um, so Jackson had a few games, um, into his soccer season and like, he was the kid, like he was out there, like picking clover, picking daisies, you know, like everybody was running past him and running this way. And like, he would just walk circles and like all kinds of stuff. Like he was terrible. He was really, didn't pay attention most of the time. And like, it was really, he was not interested at all. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this kid. So finally I told him, I said, we were, Chris and I were like Jackson. And it was like his fourth or fifth game into the season match into the season. Um, and so we said, Jackson, cause he, ha- he had this, we, and he was really into the, we, and we said, Jackson, he really wanted Mario Kart, which who doesn't. Yeah. And so we were like, so we were like, so I, t- we told him, we said, Jackson, if you score, a, cause we were trying to get him to get, a, to be aggressive in, in the sport. And so we said, Jackson, if you score a goal in tonight's game, just one goal, I'll buy you that. And it was like 50 bucks. And I was like, I will buy you that Wii game. He's like, you, you mean it? You serious? You kidding? Like, he's, you know, he's loud, you know, yelling and stuff. Woo! Like, so, um, so it, it, so we got to the soccer field and like, he had this one kid on his team who was like really good. And like, he would be the one who would do everything and everybody would just run around and pick daisies. But, um, so it started out the game, and Jackson was doing his field thing, like walking circles and like picking daisies and like messing in the grass and stuff. And then finally it clicked. He it had a break, and he came over to the side, and I was like, Jackson, Mario Kart. And he was like, and like it clicked. And all of a sudden, Jackson was a wild man on the soccer field. Like he ended up scoring three goals. In one game, and like he got like crazy, and because he thought every goal I'll buy him a different game, and so like he was crazy, he was into it, and like he would score. Okay, the worst thing was he wasn't even nice about it, he wasn't a good sportsman about this, so he would score and then he would run around, go to the other team, be like, We're one, you're zero, ah, and like run off, and like, nah, 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 and like. He, he scored a goal and like he put a shirt over his head one time. And I, I did teach him that one. I do know that about soccer. So I, I taught him that one. It wasn't nice. But, um, and so like he was really into it and it's like, Jackson, we, and so in that moment, I became that dad. You know what I'm talking about? I was that dad. I was over on the side and like, I, I didn't think he could do it at all. I, I didn't like he was so not into soccer. He was I, I and and I here's the deal. I'm not a loud person. And I did not want to be that dad. I didn't plan on being that dad. But I was that dad. I was like, Yeah woo and like fist pumping, you know, and like running up and down the field yelling, it's like Jackson get the ball and like and the other parents were like 
who is this guy? Like the soccer moms were like, I wish he would get out of my way. I'm like, anyways, imagine this. A long story just to kind of say this. Uh, Imagine this. That's kind of the way that God feels about us. He's like, yes, I want you to do good. I want you to succeed. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I, I want you to be the best. Like he has his best in mind for us. Like he's right beside us. He's cheering us on. Like when we get in the clutch and like we get the win and like he's putting his arm around us and he's there supporting us, loving us, even when we crash and burn, even when we mess up. It's not just like, the big celebration times. He's like, yeah, I'm there for you. But even when we crash and burn, even when we mess up, even when we make mistakes, he's still there. I'm still here for you. I, I haven't quit loving you. I, I, I haven't stopped loving you. I'm still here no matter what. And so tonight we're wrapping up this series and, and we're talking about one more person who needs to be in your squad. And, and that's Jesus. We talked about our friends. We talked about our families. And obviously, we're in church, so we're going to talk about Jesus. He must be in your squad. He must be in your squad. If you want your team to win, your squad to win, he must be in your squad. And so we're wrapping this up, talking about him. Um, You've got some close friends that you get to choose. You've got some family that you didn't choose, but they're a part of your squad. And now, Jesus wants in our squad too? Let me show you what I mean. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, then he's a part of your squad. Then he's on your team. He, he's, he's there with you. And, and God is, is with us. He's beside us. He's leading us. He's close to us. He, he's there for our wins. He's there for our losses. It, even our, on our best days. And on our worst days, he's there. He's he's in your squad, which means that you take him everywhere you go. Like you guys know how it goes with your squad. Hey, we're going to the mall. All right. I, you know, like everybody is going like Jesus is going like I'm going and and Jesus. He's with you everywhere you go. And the Bible puts it this way in, in Psalm 46. It says God is our shelter. And he's our strength, always, I like that word, always ready to help us in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths. Even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by violence. What is that that part that I said I like? He's always ready to help in our times of trouble. He's always ready there with us how amazing is that how great is that that is so good that's so reassuring to know because here's the deal truth be told you're going to have friends in your life come and go you're going to have people in your life come and go i love that part there the 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 greatest one the creator the one who loves us more than anyone, the one who supports us more than anyone, the one who's always there for us. He says, always. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving you. 
Your, your best friends, your squad may get mad at you. They may leave you, but he's like, I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be there with you through the tough times. I'll be there with you through the good times. I'll be there with you with the, in the mediocre times. I'll be there when we're sitting and watching Netflix. Whatever it is, I'll be there always. That's amazing. He's with us all the time. All the time. He, he's in your squad. He's right with us all the time. But let me ask you one more um, kind of take on this. If, if God is in your squad, if Jesus is a part of your squad, if he's on your team, like he, he, he's with you, he travels, like he he's, hangs out with you, um, shouldn't Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, if he's on our squad, shouldn't that change us? Shouldn't that change us? Shouldn't we be different? Shouldn't we be a little bit different than everybody else? Not like, just like everyone. Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus here. The reason that we do this, everything that we do. Think about it. If Jesus was live, flesh, skin, and bones, walking around here in this room, hanging out with you and your squad, would you go to that place? Would you say those words? Would you wear that? <laughs> would would you date that guy? Would you date that girl? If Jesus was with you, he's a part of your squad, shouldn't that change us? Shouldn't that affect who we are and everything we do? And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to guilt you guys right out of the gate. That, that's not my goal here. Um, God's not like some parent who's watching over your shoulder, watching watching your text messages going, ah, 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 like, I saw what you did, saw what you said. No, um, that's not him at all. But I, I do think it, it would crush him to know that we say we love him. But if, if you were to pull back the curtain, if you were to look behind the curtain, it would be obviously that he's, he's only a, a part of our life. He's not fully included in our life. He, he's just a part. He's just kind of there. I, I, I like him when it's convenient for me. If we, if we honestly understood him being in our squad, it should change everything. It should change everything. It should change our, our thoughts. It should change our actions. It should change everything that we do. Um, and it, sh- it should change our lives. Um, it should change how we live, what we value, what we say. It should change everything. Um, so I do want you to hear that that God, he's our shelter, he's our strength, but he's also with us. He's with us all the time. He's beside us. And, and if we were to really think and to realize that and to really just process that, it, it should change how we live our lives this week. Um. If you want to keep God in your squad, you have to know that he's here and you have to know that um, you have to develop a friendship with it, with him. You don't let just anyone in your squad be like, I choose you, squad, like now. You know what I'm saying? That it's not how it works. That's not how you pick your squad. Your squad are your closest people, right? That's, that's your closest friends. And, and if, if you want him, you have to develop a friendship, a relationship with him. 
there's some ways that we can keep a close relationship with God. And I, I want to share a few with you tonight. Uh, one of the things um, is basically I just want to talk to you. How do you invite God into my squad? Um, first thing you need to know about getting and keeping God in your squad is that you have to absolutely spend time in his word. You got to spend time in his word because if you, you want to know what God says, you got to know this. If you want to know if we value him as the most important things, the most important thing in our life, we've got to know what he says. We got to know how how he talks with us, how he leads us, how he he impacts our lives, how, what he wants to say to us. If we want to have value that relationship, we've got to know this. We have to. He speaks to us through this. And it's so important. Um you have to absolutely spend time in, in his word. When I was younger, you guys are probably with me on this. I love to build Legos, right? Anybody love Legos? Yes, loved Legos. Legos are the best because you can create some pretty awesome things with Legos. Like you can build really tall towers. Yeah, uh, you can build uh, bridges. You can build guns. You can build spaceships. You can build anything you want to build with Legos, there's only one flaw with Legos. When you step on a Lego, right? Like one minute you're building a racetrack and everything's going really good. And like it's next minute you're like sitting in the ER and they're digging plastic Lego out of your feet. I mean, it's it's bad. You guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The, the Legos and they get stuck in your foot. Like I'd be sitting there building some pretty cool stuff. And here's the thing with Legos. Um, there's no way that you could build the Death Star or the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Without the instructions. Seriously. You guys have tried to put that stuff together without instructions. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't turn out right. The Death Star is square shaped. You know what I'm saying? The Death Star was not square. You have to have the instruction manual because it provides step-by-step instructions how to build the Death Star. And it, it's, it's information that's cru- crucial to the, make the most out of your Legos. Um, you can create things. You guys are creative. You can create all kinds of things without the manual. You can create all kinds of stuff, but it will never be what it was intended to be without the manual. See, our, our, our lives are the exact same way. We're not, if we don't spend time in the Word and reading our Bibles and knowing, knowing God and knowing what He has to say to us and letting God speak to us, our lives will never be what they were intended to be. Second Timothy 3.16, it says this. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful. Because a lot of people are like, ah, I don't like that part. It's not useful. I don't like that part. It's not useful to me. It says, all scripture, it's inspired and it's useful to teach us what is true and it makes us realize what's wrong in our lives. You guys ever been reading something and you're like, oh, that's what's wrong. You know, like you've read something. Else. Oh, that's what God's trying to tell me. 
it, it's, it does that. It makes us realize what's wrong in our, in our lives. And it corrects us when we're wrong. And it teaches us to do what's right. See, spending time in his word teaches us what's, what's right and, and what's wrong because God always speaks the truth. He always speaks the truth. It's in his nature. It's, he can't lie. He can't tell you anything wrong. It's, it's always the truth all the time. And I think sometimes we see the Bible as a rule book of just a book of rules. Okay, if, if, if God, I, I thought this at one time, and maybe you guys are with me. Okay, if, God, if someone would just go through the Bible for me and write down a list of all the things I can't do, I'll do okay. You guys ever thought that? Like, be honest. I, I okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> okay, like, I really don't have to search through all this. If someone would just take it and say, okay, I, I, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and like adultery, and like lying, and killing, and you know what I'm saying? Like, if just list it out for me. Just tell me. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what's right. Um, it, spending time in his word teaches us what's right and what's wrong because God, he always speaks the truth. It's in his nature to be truthful all the time. I want you to take a look again at that, that last sentence of that verse. It says this, it corrects us when we're wrong. And then it teaches us to do what's right. You guys ever have a teacher or just a parent or somebody um, be like, correct you and like get onto you and like, but then they don't teach you to do what's right. They're like, don't do that. But I'm not going to tell you why. You know what I'm talking about? Like this right here, it'll correct you and say, you're doing this wrong. And here's why. And here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to live. He corrects us and, and teaches us in order to help us to become more like Jesus. That's our goal. That's our plan. That's what we want. That's my ultimate goal. I, I want to be as much like Jesus as possible. He's the main thing. It's Psalm 119, 105. I don't think I put this in the notes, but it, it's a well-known verse that really sums up what the, the Bible is. It says, the word, this right here, it's a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. It's a, it guides me every step of the way. You're going down a path, a dark path, and you're like, I, I can't see. And like you're stepping off the trail and everything. This right here, it says, this is the lamp. It's the light that guides us to the direction that God wants us to go. It's a lamp for my feet and, and a light for my path. Spending time with God every day, it guides us to what he wants us to do with our lives. What it does, it clears the road for us and it directs us right down that path that God has planned for us. Personally, I, I, myself, I really enjoy, like, Old Testament. Like, there are some of the craziest stories in the Old Testament. It's like sci-fi meets gladiator meets, like, 300, and, like, it's bloody, and it's wars, and it's awesome. Um, but it's craziest stuff. But I, I love how the Bible is just full, full, full of stories in which that God has been so faithful to so many people in so many circumstances. When I hear about all these people and about how God, he kept his promises to them, it, it builds my strength. 
And it builds my confidence to know that God will be faithful in my own life. If you really want to have a strong relationship with God, you've got to spend time in your word. And if you guys, if you're not familiar with the Bible, I want to encourage you to start with the book of John. Um, And not just because it's greater than any other book, but I I believe that's the book that clearly, because our our lives are all about Jesus. And that clearly, uh, to me, it's the clearest, talks the most about the life of Jesus in the clearest way. You got to spend time in his word. You got to spend time um, getting to know him. Um, his word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Second Timothy three three sixteen it says, All scripture, it's inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what's right. Um, so if God's with you, you gotta believe that He's got a plan for you. Um we don't have a whole lot of time. Could 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 I actually yeah, could our band, just the musicians, uh, come back up? Um, so if God's with you, he, he's got a plan for you. Ephesians 2, 10, it says this. We are God's masterpiece. We're his masterpiece. He's created us. He's made us for a purpose. He's made us for a reason. We are a masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Here's the deal. Friendships and friends, uh, to, to grow a friendship, uh, friends talk to each other to get to know each other. That's how they get to know each other. So um, if God is with you, if he's a part of your squad, then you've got to talk to him in prayer. Uh, I spend a lot of time talking about the Bible tonight, but, but just as important is prayer. Just as important is talking with God and talking. Our, uh, how do you get to know someone? You have a conversation with them, right? You talk to them. You you, you get to know them. Um, it, it's the same thing. Way you talk with your squad to get to know them. You talk to Jesus. God's with us. He's changing our hearts. He's changing our actions, our our attitudes, and He's always available in prayer. And and last thing is this: God wants us to go all in. All in. He wants all of you, not not some little piece of you, not he, he wants everything. He wants your heart, your soul, everything. He wants it all. And, and and he's here tonight. And he speaks his word to us and, and we can talk to him in prayer. And and the greatest thing is that Jesus gave his love and he gave his life for us on a cross. He went to the cross and died so we, you and I, could have eternal life. So we don't have to live a life of sin. So we don't have to live with that guilt and that heaviness and that weight and that shame and all our mess-ups and all of our mistakes. Jesus came to this earth for you, for me. And he showed us how to live and he talked to us and and he showed us the way. And then he went and he died for us. He took a beating. He took a brutal death on a cross. He he lost his, his life for us, for you, so that you can have an eternity 
in heaven with him someday. He wants all of us. He wants every bit of us. Mark 12, 30, it says this, and you must love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. That's, that's everything. That's everything you got. That's everything that you're about. It's everything you are. You got to love him with everything you are because the scripture says, because he first loved us. He loved us before we even were on this earth. He had a plan for us. He's got a purpose for us. And and I wanted to read this. I, I found this earlier. And, and this was... Um, This was written. This was written by by John, uh, one of Jesus's twelve men, that one of his squad that was with him. And, and the scripture says it and talks about how John. There there were all these twelve, and this was his squad and his group that he hung out with. And then there were three, the guys that were really closest to him and and knew everything. And like Jesus w- was always there. And then there was John. And you think about your best friend. I mean, this this was John. I mean, he he wanted to be close to Jesus. Even at, at the Last Supper, it talks about how John was leaning on Jesus. They were so close. They were so pal. Like, you, you know, you got your friends and like, you're just kicking back, kind of leaning against each other, leaning on each other. Like, he was so close with Jesus. And this is in, in the book of First uh, John 1 and and. I want to start in, in verse 1, and, and I don't know, this spoke to me tonight, and, and I hope it speaks to you. I'm going to re- read a little portion of the scripture. <clears throat> this is John talking. Um, before I read, John, um, he, he wrote a couple different books, but he talked about himself as the one that Jesus loved the most. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you guys, okay. Jordan's my friend, and I'm the one that he loves the most. This is true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they were so close. Like, he's, it was, anyways, um, goes like this. That, which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. appeared. Uh, we have seen it and we testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and we have heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. He said, write this to make our joy complete. I think a lot of times, like I said earlier, we look at our, our relationship with Jesus Christ or, or Christianity as a list of chores. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. And, and really, a lot of times when we do that, we just suck the joy out of our lives. And it's no fun. Like, really, Jesus, I can't do that. Really, God? And, and we, we try to make it this list of things. But, but this says right here, 
this relationship with Jesus, that'll make your joy complete. How many of you guys like to be happy? You like joy in your life. You like fun in your life. Guys, I can't tell you of a time in, there was, there's been a time in my life I was far, far, far away from Jesus. And, and I got to be honest that I lived a life of sin and there's some things that when you're living, it's, it's fun. It's fun for a time. The scripture says it's fun for a season, but I didn't have joy. There were fun things to do, but I had zero joy in my life. I was miserable on the inside. I was trying to prove myself to everyone else. When the one who I didn't need to prove anything to was already there, was already a part of my squad, was already a part of my team. He said, you don't have to prove anything to me. And when I, when I found that and when I realized that and when I knew it, that joy just came into my life and it surrounded my life. And guys, I wake up every single morning with a joy and with a peace of my life. I don't, I don't stress. Uh, yeah, I mean, life and kids and job and all that kind of stuff. There's some stresses. But you know what? I lay it all at Jesus' feet. He said, like he, he said earlier, like we read earlier, he'll always be there. Always. So that, that, that dread and the weight and the pressures and the things of this life that hold us down and they, and they weigh us down. And you may feel like in this room, I have no joy in my life. I got nothing to look forward to. There may be some people in this room tonight, you're at the end of your rope. Maybe, maybe you've thought, maybe you've contemplated ending it all. It's not worth it. There's a life of joy. Constant joy, constant peace with Jesus. You just have to let him be the leader of your life. I, I like it. This, he, he says, we write this to make, not, not just to give you joy, but to make your joy complete. He completes it. It's finished. It's done. It's complete. Like when you put together a puzzle, you're like, yay, I'm done. He gives us joy and like, yes, that's it. That's it. That's everything. That's awesome. I am complete in my joy. I want to go to verse nine. It says this. This is a little bit further down. It says, and this talks about our relationship with Jesus. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. I love this part too, and, and it's it's in uh, 2 verse 2. It says, but we have the one 
who speaks to the Father on our defense. Um, there's some of you guys in here. Your dad is an attorney, and he talks to the judge for the defendant. And, and he builds a case for the judge to get this person, whatever, off the hook or I don't know how it works. Um, but here's, here's what we have. God is, is, is there. He's our judge. And Jesus, his son, he's speaking to the Father in our defense for us. And he's saying, but, but, but God, but. But dad, just wait. There, there's purpose. There's life. There's joy. There's excitement. God, I'm doing a great work in this person's life. Just wait. Just wait. And, and tonight, um, maybe you're in here in this room and, and you need, you've been without that joy in your life. You've been without that peace in your life. You've had that just heaviness on your life and and you can't take it anymore and you need that 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 peace and that joy and that relationship with jesus i want everybody to close your eyes and everybody to bow your heads if you're in this room tonight um well first of all let me ask if you're in this room tonight